Well, we are in our final week of this uh, short series. It's just a three-week series called Love of Another Kind. And I'm gonna be in John chapter four. So if you wanna get your copy of God's word and, and turn to John chapter four, and uh, for those who are watching online, you'll have the, the uh, scripture on uh, the screen. But this, uh, this series is, um, is one that is very timely. I believe that we have seen over the past year or more We've seen lots of displays of love uh, and lots of displays of worldly love. And uh, we're even seeing now just a misrepresentation of love and the way God has designed it, especially when you're talking about male and female and how God designed with a man and a woman and how they are designed to come together in, in holy marriage. And, and there's lots of things that the world has taken that and just misrepresenting it. And so this uh, series started off with our uh, discipleship pastor, Jim Houston, uh, did a great job. We kicked it off on Valentine's Day. And it was all about how we should uh, love like God. Our, our relationships with, uh, with others should mirror our relationship with God. It's a very simple concept. And uh, we also uh, love others as an overflow of how we have been loved by God. So we just gotta make sure we are receiving that love. We're putting ourselves in that position to receive his love. Last week, uh, I talked about um, the story and the encounter with Jesus with the woman caught in adultery. And through that story, we learned a lot about a love of another kind, learned, learned a lot about, and really was reminded about a lot of the qualities of a love of, an, of another kind. Love never dishonors. Jesus didn't dishonor that woman. Other men did in that scene. Love is never selfish. Jesus didn't make it about himself. He didn't start preaching a sermon. And, uh, and letting people come to him on that it wasn't about him. It wasn't selfish. Love always protects. He stood in between him, uh, be, uh, between the woman and the uh, teachers of the law. Uh, love um, keeps no record of wrong. Keeps no record of wrong. Jesus could have, could have uh, shared all the wrongs that the, that the teachers had in their life with, with rocks in their hand, but he didn't, he didn't share that. And uh, he just simply said, hey, if you don't have any sin, why don't you cast the first stone? And of course, the stones began to fall. And then obviously we learned that love rejoices with the truth. Love rejoices with the truth. Uh, love doesn't overlook truth. That's very important to understand. This world uh, and the love that this world gives and the love that this world teaches shows us we should overlook sin. That is, that is not scriptural. Nowhere does God overlook sin. And uh, when, when Jesus loved, he loved in a way that still acknowledged the truth. In today's message, we would look at a familiar encounter with Jesus that shows that a love of another kind will satisfy. A love of another kind will satisfy. So let me set this up for you. Jesus is, is walking uh, he's traveling from Judea, which is the southern part of the kingdom uh, of the uh, nation of Israel, and he's going to Galilee, up into the northern part. And this is a, almost a three days journey, uh, just on on foot. So he's with his disciples early in his ministry. Again, we're John chapter four, and he uh, travels um, 
uh, up to Galilee. And the reason why it's just about almost a three days journey is because you have to go through Samaria. Now, Samaria is an area in between Judea and Galilee. <clears throat> now, most people, when they would travel from Judea to Galilee, they would actually, they would actually go around Samaria. So it would be, it would be a much longer day than, uh, than three days. It would be uh, several days. But they dared not to go through Samaria. And the reason why is because the Samaritans lived in Samaria. And Samaritans were people, they were sort of half-breeds, Jews and, and Gentiles. And, and it really kind of goes back to the time of Nehemiah, when Nehemiah uh, came um, there and was is, uh, helping with the, with the walls, rebuilding the walls, and, and the people that were, that were around there. That was sort of the, the beginning of this, of, of this Samaritan uh, group of people. And uh, they, were, uh, they were people that, uh, that yes, they, they, they worshiped God, they, they honored God, but they weren't fully Jews. And so there was a lot of bigotry, uh, a lot of racism um, with, between the Jews and the Samaritans. But Jesus didn't really see that way. Jesus said, you know, the shortest distance um, is, you know, between these two points. So we're going this way. We're going right through Samaria. And so we see this encounter with Jesus and this woman. And so John chapter four, verses four through 26. So I'm gonna have about two or uh, three, three sections of scripture all in John chapter four. We're gonna be pretty much in uh, most of this chapter. But uh, let's start with uh, uh, verse four. Now he had gone through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had already gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who, who gave us a well and drank it from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up in to eternal life. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She's still thinking about water, H2O. Jesus is not talking about H2O. He then told her, go, call your husband and come back. Silence. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now, uh, now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. See that curve? Jesus went a different way. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. She's diverting the conversation. Verse 21. 
Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you, what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is for, from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and its worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So let's stop there. So this love of another kind is going to reveal a lot of things in this story, but we need to check out where this woman is right now, okay? Based upon this this passage, we can glean several things about where she is emotionally, spiritually, uh, relationally. So this woman, first of all, we notice that she's ashamed of her lifestyle. She's ashamed of her lifestyle. Women would go to the well together. Back in the day, women would just meet at the well. It's kinda like women going to the bathroom now. You know, when they all just go to the bathroom together, okay? And um, so that's kinda how the well was. They would just meet at the well. They would talk. They would have conversations. They would maybe bring some kids and they'd, you know, let the kids play by the well. And they would visit. And, but, but one thing I do know, we do know is that it was really hot in the middle of the day. That's obvious. And they wouldn't go in the middle of the day. They'd go in the morning or in the evening when they would need the water. The most time you, need, you use water is in the morning, in the evening, right? Our house, there's lots of water flowing. Lots of water flowing, okay? In the morning and in the evening. During the day, not so much, okay? And so the, the, uh, the Samaritan woman was ashamed of her lifestyle. You could tell that because she did not want to be the subject of all the gossip in town because she had been divorced five times and the guy she's living with is not her husband, just a living boyfriend, and so we can also see that she was ashamed of her lifestyle because she quickly diverted the conversation that I pointed out while we were reading. She quickly diverted that conversation and said, I don't want to really talk about my life. I really want to talk about this. Let's talk about how we should worship, okay? Let's just, let's get on that tangent a little bit. You ever, you ever try to talk to somebody about, about Christ and, and what he could do in their life and they once you start hitting some buttons, they're like, hmm, I don't, I don't really go there. I'm on, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about politics, okay? Let's talk about sports, you know, or whatever. Or, hey, I, I got a phone call that I need to get to, or whatever. They divert the conversation. So this woman was, was ashamed of her lifestyle. Number two, we see there was a huge void in her life. There was a huge void in life. When you, when you divorce five times and are currently living with someone, it's obvious that something is missing. She was looking to love without realizing that really she needed to love herself. And the best way to love herself is to understand who she is by her creator, God. God created this woman. We don't know her name. God created this woman 
to live a, a fruitful, abundant, happy, contented life. But yet, here she is, divorced five times, shacking up with another man. This is not, this is not what God designed her for. And so she, she keeps searching and searching. She has this void in her life. She probably got to the point to where she, she thought, well, maybe I was just born this way. Maybe I was just born uh, not, to, not to really be loved or to give love in the proper way. I'm just gonna be used as a pawn for men. Maybe, maybe she thought she was just born that way. I know a lot of people who are, who are living a life of sin, they just accept it. They're just like, well, maybe I, I was just born this way. We see that with people who are confused about their sexuality and about their gender. Maybe I was born this way. Well, they may have been born that way, but Jesus said, you gotta be born again. Jesus said we gotta be born again. And so that's what, that's what Jesus was trying to, to get through this lady, because she kept, she kept diverting and blocking and didn't really wanna go there with where Jesus was going. So, she lost her sense of identity. She was, had a huge void in her life. So she was ashamed of her lifestyle. We see evidence of that. She had a void in her life because nothing would fill it and the same thing going after every day. It's like the well that she went to every day. It represents the, the old well of our life, of, of men in her life that she would keep going back to all the time. Every day, same old well. It was a void in her life. The third thing we see about this one woman is she searched in wrong places. She searched for wrong places to fill this void. We see her looking to men to, com to complete her, thinking that somehow this was going to solve her problems. We see this today. Even, even believers, we, we look to things outside of Christ to find out what fulfills us. That's why, so, I mean, social media has really taken, um, taken a front seat in our life of, of trying to get acceptance from people in our life to make us feel like we're complete. Just like this woman, we keep searching for the wrong thing. We keep searching in the wrong places. Should be searching, trying to search for significance and completion. It's a constant flow of feeding a part of us that will never be satisfied. It's a constant flow, never being satisfied. When you and I, when people, whether believers or not, when we, when we try to go to the same old well well, day after day, and we keep looking in the wrong places to fill the void in our life, then we will never be completely satisfied. A love of another kind is a love that satisfies. It will satisfy her, it will satisfy you. So we gotta get out of this, this constant flow, this part of being satisfied. There, our oldest son, Landon, told us a um, story this week that happened to him. He was at Chick-fil-A right here 
at uh, Lake Point. And uh, so when he was in line, he ordered and then drove up to the window and uh, the, the nice Chick-fil-A uh, worker stuck her head out the window and said, um, said hey, you know, your, your meal has actually been paid for by the car in front of you. Landon's like, oh, that's awesome. That's so great. And, uh, and then, she, uh, then she said, well, w- would you like to pay for the car behind you? Because this has actually been happening for 20 cars in a row. 20 cars in a row. And Landon's like, um, okay, so how much is that order behind me? Oh, it's like 20-something dollars. He's like, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I'm... I don't think I want to do that. I, we're, we're, just gonna, we're just gonna stop this right here. And so he drove away <laughs> with the chicken sandwich. And so, but it, it's kind of like, you know, we, get, we gotta stop the madness, right? I mean, it's a good, I mean that was a good thing and, and, and everything. But it's the constant flow of, of just never really being satisfied. Because, you know, in order to, for, for everybody to get fed by the car in front of you, you had to keep this thing going, right? You know, someone had to not receive that. And so that car behind him um, just never knew anything. In fact, Landon, as he, as he was driving away, he says, please don't tell the other car that I stopped this, <laughs> and, you know. But so this, this woman, she kept searching in the wrong places day after day, going to the same well. She has a spiritual thirst which needs to be satisfied. And Jesus has what it takes to be satisfied. Let's continue in uh, uh, verse 27. Let's read on what else happens next. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. It's not really kosher for a man to be talking to a woman, especially by themselves. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? No one asked that. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. So, let's see her response. And this all happened. I mean, a lot of things converged. I mean, this intimate conversation just kind of stopped abruptly when the disciples came up. And then, but, you know, Jesus dropped the mic saying, hey, I'm the Messiah. Which, at that point, the disciples didn't even know that. (laughs) You know, I mean, he had even revealed that to them. I mean, they're just some fishermen and just some, you know, guys. You know, hey, we just want to hang out with Jesus. We don't want to follow him. You know, he's a great message, and he, and he heals a lot of people, and he's cool, you know? And so, but, but he had not even revealed this to them at this point early in his ministry, but he decided to reveal it to this Samaritan woman, this, this person who Jews aren't supposed to associate with, and this woman who was an outcast to her neighborhood, to her culture because of her lifestyle. Jesus revealed that he was the Messiah to her early in his ministry. Dropping the mic. Jews, I mean, the uh, disciples come up and they talk and they, um, they interrupt this conversation and then this lady drops her jar, leaves her jar right there, water jar, and heads to town 
So what do we see as her response? You know, I, I, I get this picture, this scene. She's running or walking fast to town. The disciples are here. They have food for Jesus. Jesus could be looking at that, could be looking at the disciples. Jesus could have been looking at the well because he's still thirsty. I mean, he, they've traveled for a good distance and he's thirsty and he still hadn't got a drink of water. He could have been looking at that, but we don't know this, but I can imagine. This is just me talking. I think the thing he's looking at <laughs> is the empty water jar. Maybe that empty water jar's maybe sitting, laying on its side, maybe dripping some water from there. And he's looking at that because the, the water jar is a symbol that she's walked away from her empty life. That empty water jar is, a symbol, is symbolic of walking away from her empty life. And that's what we see. That's what we see her do. The water in her jar would eventually run out. Just like the love in her life, that water was never going to completely fill her. She was always come back, coming back for more. You know, there are many people in our life that are, that are holding on to empty water jars. They're, they're holding on to something empty, something the void in their life, and they're going to the wrong places. There are people that are holding on to empty lives. But this woman, with the realization that who she was talking to, that encounter with Jesus helped her to walk away from her empty life. The second thing we see is that she finds those who are thirsty. She finds those who are thirsty. She finds the thirsty people. She leaves the, the well and goes to the field. When I say field, I mean mission field. I mean, I mean people. She goes into the field. She communicates with the townspeople, and she started to tell them I mean, and she started to tell them her encounter, and she knows exactly where to go because she, she knows the people that are holding on to empty water jars, to empty, an empty life. You want to have fullness of life, a wellspring of water that will never run dry, obviously spiritual level, and she finally gets it. It snapped. She gets what Jesus is talking about. She goes and finds the thirsty. You and I, we stand in a field of people who drink in wealth, drink in power, drink in pleasures, drink in earthly relationships in an effort to satisfy their unquenched thirst. Yet they often will reject the gospel. You and I, we gotta point them to the one who can satisfy. We've got to take note of what this, this woman did. And we know who the people are who have held on to empty lives. We must point them to the one who can truly satisfy. Because the love of another kind is a kind of love 
that will satisfy. So she walked away from her empty life, and then she goes and finds the thirsty. The Samaritan woman was thirsty both physically and spiritually, but the disciples, let's turn our attention to the disciples now, okay? The disciples were hungry both physically and spiritually. You know, they went into town and they got something to eat and they brought something to Jesus. They were hungry physically, but we will see also they were hungry spiritually. Let's read verses 31 through 38. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws its wage and um, harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus, the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. I can imagine that while he is talking, he's pointing to this town where the Samaritan woman lives. Look, just open your eyes. Open your eyes and look. The field is, is, is ripe. It's ready. It's, it's good to go for harvest. harvest. Get your baskets. Get your gloves on. Get your work boots. And let's go out there and let's take the crop. Our words Jesus could use those words today. He would say, look, the harvest is ripe. It's ready to go. Emerson, Bartow County, it's ready. People are ready to receive the good news of Jesus Christ and to know the one who has a love that can truly satisfy. Y'all, we, we've been through over a year now of, of this craziness that's going on in our life, in our culture, in our world, and there are people, there are people ready. There are people ready to receive Jesus Christ, to just be shown his love and his mercy. But guess what? They're not gonna just show up at church. They're not. They're not gonna just show up at church. In this story, the Samaritan people in that village, they didn't just show up. One woman did. Met Jesus, found the hope, went to the village, told some people who were, who were holding on to empty lives, they came back to where Jesus was. She brought them. Y'all, there's, there's a ton of people not in church. I know there are people who are watching right now that you can't be here in church. It's fine, absolutely. You know, you're just, you're playing it safe or maybe you're out of town or maybe some of you work on a Sunday. You know, there's, there's lots of reasons. Some of you don't even live around here. You live another state. That's great. But just know this. There are people 
who are either not watching or are not attending church. Lots of people. Thousands and thousands and thousands. You and I must point them. So what do we see with the disciples? As Christ followers, as disciples, we are disciples. Just like the disciples in the Bible. You and I, if we've accepted Christ as Savior, we are disciples of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. So as followers of Jesus, as believers in him, we have a hunger to see people come to Jesus and their lives changed. This is a spiritual food for us. Sure, the disciples were physically hungry, but they didn't realize it yet, but they were also spiritually hungry. They didn't even realize it. But as we'll see as we finish this story, they soon came to the realization that, wow, there's a lot of people who need hope. There's a lot of people holding on to empty jars. There's a, there's a lot of people who need the message that Jesus is sharing. Can I tell you something, church? If you and I, if we don't recognize the spiritual hunger that is in our life, we will never be complete. We won't. We will never be complete. If we don't recognize our spiritual hunger, now, if you don't have a spiritual hunger, and again, spiritual food is the harvest. Seeing people come to Christ or seeing people baptize or, or, or seeing people just come to church or seeing people is like, you know, yeah, I'll read that or hey, I'll come to a small group or you want to start a Bible study at school? I'll come to that. You want to start a Bible study at work? I'll come to that. Just seeing people connecting with their maker, with their God, and their Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our spiritual food. It could be, maybe you don't feel strong spiritually because you're not eating spiritually, and the way to eat spiritually, according to this, because Jesus talked about it, my, my food is, you don't know nothing about my food. My food is doing the will of my Father and, to, and for people to come to a saving faith in the message that I'm, I'm preaching. And so when, when, when you and I, when we share Jesus, it satisfies our spiritual hunger. It satisfies us. A love of another kind will satisfy the thirst of those coming back to the same old well day after day after day. But this love will also satisfy the hunger of believers to see people come to Jesus. You know, we, we are the workers. We are the ones who are to go to the field. This woman showed us exactly what to do. And let me tell you something. Don't think because of your past, or because of the situation you're in now, or your sin, y'all listen to me now online, it doesn't matter because Jesus could take you just like you are, transform you in an instant, and then you'll be off, ready to go. 
the people came because she said, hey, come see this man who told me everything I ever did. <laughs> That's crazy. Come, come meet this person who told me all the stuff that I've done. <laughs> I mean, who would even do that? Her life, her heart was changed. And so we, we can do that very same thing. It doesn't matter of your past. It doesn't matter where you are right now. Jesus is saying, look, I'm your Savior. I'm your Messiah. I can give you life everlasting. I can give you abundant living water that will never run dry. My Holy Spirit in your life. Yes, we can do that. So you say, all right, Frank, Pastor Frank, I would, you got my attention. If this Samaritan woman can do that, I mean, my life is not near as bad as a Samaritan woman. I can surely do that. What's the plan? I'm so glad you asked that question. So we are um, introducing today, just for you to, just for you to look at and see, an opportunity to bless every home. Now, those who are here today, you actually have a handout that we put on some of the seats. You know, you can take that home, that's yours. But it's called Bless Every Home. And literally, it is one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. Now, we are not the only church doing this. Bartow Baptist Association is doing this. Several churches in Bartow County are doing this. Several churches around the United States are doing this. Uh, people, there are people uh, that are behind this. Um, the Kendrick Brothers, who, who uh, produce lots of, um, lots of movies, uh, War Room, Fireproof, all of those, they're, they're behind some of this as well. And, and so what this is, it's an it's a online tool that literally helps you to pray for people around you. You put your address in, and it sends you your neighbors' um, names around you. And it sends you like five neighbors. And you can, you can adjust all of this within your settings, and you can, uh, you know, uh, how many days you want this sent to you. Already, I've had, I've had uh, neighbors sent to me. I've only been signed up for a few days. And every day, it sent me some neighbors, and I, and I pray for them. And most of those neighbors, I'm like, hey, Art, I know these people. That's good. You know, I'm supposed to know these people. But there's also some really great ways, things you could do this. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to get into the, all the details of this. We will march down this road uh, as, we, as we get closer to Easter. Um, but it's an intentional tool that we can use together to bless every home through prayer, through relationships, and ultimately to share Jesus with them. And guess what? We're going to, as we march down this way together, we're going to give you the tools that you need for this. Now, if you want to find out if you, all this information, some of you are watching online, it's like, okay, well, how do, how do I sign up? How do, I, how do I do this? Obviously, those who are here today, you've got the handout. It's so easy. Just go to our website. I think you probably know that by now, lakepointonline.com, and just do a forward slash light, L-I-G-H-T, light. That's it. And the word light is, uh, you'll see when you sign up. And by the way, it's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. It only costs you time. And surely, as believers and followers, we have time to bless people, right? And to share Christ. But this program uses um, the word light as 
um, an indicator of those who have signed up. So you can actually see people in our church and our community who've signed up to be a light on a map. And you can see people that you wanna reach. And it is the coolest thing ever. And so you just go to lakepointonline.com forward slash light. If you're watching right now, I encourage you to do that right now, to sign up. For those who are here, take that home and you can sign up as soon as you get home. But as, but as part of this Bless Every Home initiative, we're actually gonna do some door knocking. So the last Saturday in March, March 27th, okay, we've never really done this before as a church. I'm not really proud to say that. Now, we have done lots of other things with outreach. We do lots of outreach. But we're actually gonna go door to door. We're gonna spend a few hours doing this on Saturday, March 27th. It's on that paper. And if you're watching online, we encourage you to, to uh, join us if you are, if you're able. And uh, so that's gonna be Saturday, March 27th uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And uh, we're gonna, uh, we'll give you information as it gets closer. But basically, you're going to be, you and you know, everybody else that's, that's joining together will be assigned to walk together and just knock on doors and say this, ask this question. Hey, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Either you can pray for them right then, or if they're uncomfortable with that, you can write that prayer request down. But also to invite them uh, to Easter service, which is the first Sunday in April. It's gonna be here before you know it. So we want to invite people to either uh, come uh, to church on Easter or watch us online. And, but all of this is all part of bless every home. So what would, what would this look like if we took something like this, like bless every home where we're praying and we're talking to people strategically and we're knocking on doors, what could that look like? Well, we see this in verses 39 through 42. Verses 39 through 42, it says this. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Here, what was her testimony? He told me everything I ever did. <laughs> that was her sermon. He told me everything I ever did. Seven words, that's it. No three points, seven words. That was her sermon. And people came, you know? So, uh, so when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, uh, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. You know what, Lake Point Church? Uh, we don't just see your signs. We don't just see your signs as, as, uh, as they're put up around Emerson. We don't just see what you're doing in the community. And guess what? We're now part of it because we believe in Jesus. We have new life in him, and I have walked away from my empty life, and I can have, and I now have, full, abundant, living water flowing inside of me as I've accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit is living right here. My life is forever changed. Why? How could that happen? Because the church, we're the workers, we got out and we did something. We're following this lady's example. That is a love of another kind. When's the last time someone knocked on your door and asked you how they can pray for you? Not many. 
We're going to do that. When's the last time you had somebody, you know, let you know, hey, I've been praying for you as part of our church. And I've been praying for you through something we're doing at Lake Point Church, but I've been praying for you um, just because you're my neighbor. And I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. And so I pray, I pray for me, so I'm also gonna pray for you. So church, let's display a love of another kind. Let's get ready to bless people. Let's get ready to bless people through prayers and sharing the ultimate gift of salvation and faith in Jesus Christ. Because there are too many people right now who are walking in their life, just like this woman. They're ashamed of their lifestyle. They have a huge void in their life. They keep searching the wrong places and they're keeping holding on to an empty life. So I wanna encourage you, as we close this service down, I wanna encourage you to, to think about two, two opportunities here. As I was planning and, and I was preparing this message, I just felt that the Lord wanted us to look at, at two possibilities. Number one, we need to pray for those who keep going to the same well day after day after day. They just have a life that's empty. They keep going to the same well. And you know there's something wrong with that well. Maybe it's a group of friends. Maybe it's something they're involved in. You know, maybe it's conversations that keep happening. Maybe it's the same thoughts, the same fears, day after day. They keep going to that well. There's a new well, a wellspring of living water. So think about someone in your life. It could be you. It could be you watching online. Think of someone in your life that you need to pray for. And then the second thing is, is there someone here today or watching online that you need to leave your water jug at the feet of Jesus? You need to leave your empty life chasing after things that just won't last. Set that empty life down at the feet of Jesus and go towards your new life in Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you could please, as we close out this service in just an attitude of prayer. Even those who are here today, I'm gonna encourage you to pray because there, there are people here who may be going through some of that. There may be people watching online as well. So Father, we ask you, Lord, that you have your way in this service today. If you're here today and you know someone, you know someone who keeps going after the well day after day and you know it's not good for them. I want you to have that person visualize in your head. I want you to lift them up in prayer right now. That might even be you. Put your name in that. But lift them in prayer Pray something like, like, Father, give them strength to move away from that well. Help them to understand who you are and what you want to do in their life. Knock on the door of our heart.
and help them to open that door and receive you as Savior. If you're sitting here today and you have an empty life and you know it's empty, you have a, you have a void in your heart that only Jesus can fill and you know it and you've been running away from it, now's the day you could change that. So sitting here watching online, if you're ready to have someone fill that void and to walk away from your empty life, just say a prayer like this. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus. I believe you, Jesus, that you died for me. I confess my sin to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come be Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, really any prayers, uh, if you have someone that you specifically you're praying for and you can't really carry them all by yourself, uh, we have a church here that can help you with that. So send me that information. Uh, you can send it to pastor at lakepointonline.com and I would uh, love to receive that and communicate that with, with uh, you to start your own journey or to help pray with others in your life. Hey, next week, you don't wanna miss it. It's gonna be awesome. We have to put out you know, some more chairs and we have breakfast stuff and, and it's gonna be great, great stuff. Eric Mosley, I will be here, of course, I'm not gonna miss that, but Eric Mosley, a great, great friend of mine, he's gonna bring the fire in his preaching next week, and we start a new series, and I'm so stinking excited about the series. He's gonna start it, and it's simply called Doors. That's all I'm gonna say, it's simply called Doors. We've been working on it, we've been working hard on it, and so you don't wanna miss it. So Breakfast Sunday, bring something, good, bring something sweet, especially with something, some cinnamon and sugar, you know, that kind of stuff, that'd be awesome, and uh, we'll have that in the gym at 10.30, and then service starts at 11 with All About Jesus, and it's going to be rocking, and uh, love you guys, be, uh, don't forget to pray for favor with the uh, city of Emerson. See y'all next week.